live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire, it's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Crash Gladys, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. In drinking years, Freak Nation, we are now able to drink. Why do I say that? On the 25th of this month, meaning two days ago, we celebrated our 21st year of doing this damn thing. And as Statman so succinctly put up on his Facebook page, there was a gentleman back in the day that said this show would (laughs) never last. Consequently, he spent over 10 years in prison. So you want to argue with Just that? for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, might as well. It led straight into his a-holeness, you know? And, uh, yeah, d- no arguments uh, here, Freak Nation. We've been enjoying yeah. 21 years. 21. There are people that are listening to us right now that were in their teens, and now they've got children in their teens. <laughs> there are, Yeah. There are drivers that we've had on the show over the last couple of weeks that were not born when we started this show. Right. In the year 2000. Yeah. Insane. In fact, Cooper Webb, uh, Supercross champion and up for an ESPY, who'll be joining us this hour. What was he? Four, five years old when we started the show? (laughs) Yes, I believe so. Kyle Larson was, I think, was he 28? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Larson was... Seven years. He was the old of age of Henley, our daughter. Right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Whoa. That man, you just that man twenty years ago just reached pu- puberty. It's incredible how uh, well Statman looks for being thirty-five years old. Hey, you know you got to do what you got to do. I mean, after a while, you, know, you get your affairs in order and you go for it. Follow us on Twitter. The website, of course, is speedfreaks.tv. On Twitter, it's at speedfreaks. 602-260-9191, 602-260-9191. You can chime in on the horn. That's called a phone, a cell phone. I did something the other day, and I just called Stat. I said, I'm not sure how this works, but I'm going to speak <laughs> through this microphone on this phone, and I'm going to communicate with you. <laughs> Remember how uh, uh, crazy the cell phones were when we started? And I had, I think I had a flip phone, and you begged me to get a digital phone or something, so that we could have a conversation. I mean, cell phones were barely uh, alive when we started the show. Barely alive when we started the show. Yeah, and and you talking about a flip phone? I'm thinking in 2000, were flip phones even a hit yet, or were they? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, because that was late 90s. Mm-hmm. I think I said I had an ancient phone, so I did not do the flip phone phase, and I missed out clearly. But, I don't yeah. know, Crash. You and that you and that blue car, that blue Toyota, that trumps <laughs> everything. You know. We talked about my Toyota Tercel last night. Yeah, we got to we got to talk about it every week. That was that was. I think I gave you a couple of quarts of Lucas Oil so you could get home. Uh, after we had a meeting one evening. Luckily, you parked on a hill so you could coast down the hill to get it started. 
I think there was one time when we were finalizing in on the female host of Speed Freaks at a Mexican food re- restaurant, Acapulco's, it might have no, been. No, Chewy's. Chewy's? Yeah. That one? Okay. That, I think we all went out there and helped crash starter car. <laughs> what a way to get a gig. Yeah, can you help me start my car by pushing it down the parking lot? <laughs> I promise I know cars. I promise I'm into motorsports, but I'm just broke as heck. So, yeah, you guys got to help me start my car. <laughs> Did you have any reservations, Crasher, of us seeing your car when stat? Yes, I was. I was a little embarrassed. I mean, I was new to Los Angeles, and I, that was kind of the first thing that people asked when I would go on to, you know, some movie sets as an extra or whatever. And it's like you'd sit backstage or backstage. You'd sit in the waiting room for so freaking long, and so often in Los Angeles, what do you drive? What's your car? I'm like, I'm not telling you. Or actually, I will. It's an 82 Toyota Tercel. It's about six different colors. And I've got fur cow seats or a fur cow covering as my seats in the car. So you still want to talk to me? (laughs) That is the first. That's the first two questions. If you live in L.A., when you meet somebody, where do you live and what do you drive? And then they'll ask you, what what do you do? Those are the first three (laughs) questions. Where do you live? What do you drive? And what do you do? 21 years, Freak Nation. It's the, the stories. If you gave us two weeks to re, re, not re, not re, to rec, try and recall the stories, yeah, we're even shut up by our music. <laughs> <laughs> even Richie doesn't want to hear them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Good enough point. of the stories, freaks. I get it. Yeah, it's like trying to watch an old slideshow with your parents. No, not again, man. Slideshow. That dates us, too. Oh, yeah. More freak coming up. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Do people even do slideshows anymore? I'm sure they do, Crash. <laughs> Bring in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Lucas Oil Studios celebrating 21 years of doing this thing. Statman Crash. Gladys. Cooper Webb, Supercross champion, will be here in the Freak Nation. Kyle Larson is doing things that we haven't seen in decades. We'll talk about that. Also, Statman has a chance to sit down with a gentleman that uh, has a pretty high office. In fact, it might be in the corner of, of one of these uh buildings in the great south well he'll be talking to him coming up in the second hour but first crash Gladys pit news and notes brought to you by our good friends at general tire do yourself a favor freak nation if you're not rolling on gts right now got a big fat f-150 suv what about a sedan even a sports car for this summer roll on general tires we do you should too go to generaltire.com crash this was a ginormous weekend in motorsports. I'll get to as much as I can here in news and notes. But remember, if you need anything or something that I don't get to, you can go to racer.com, also speedsports.com. All right, this weekend was host to the 99th running of the Race to the Clouds, a.k.a. the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. The race distance was shortened due to bad weather and awful conditions at the summit, but Robin Schutte grabbed the overall win, his second on his career. NASCAR raced a doubleheader at Pocono this weekend. The finish of both cup races did not disappoint. First on Saturday, it was again the Kyle Larson show until the freaking final lap. With just one turn to go, Larson's tire went down. He hit the wall, and Alex Bowman drove on by for the beneficial victory. Then Sunday's race came down to fuel mileage and a heck of a lot of luck. Kyle Busch spent almost 100 laps stuck in fourth gear, then some time in pit lane to fix the issue, but his pit stops after that were just enough behind the others so he could drive to the win without needing a splash and go. 
Not sure anyone saw that coming at the three-quarter way mark. In Xfinity, Austin Sindrick drove masterfully to keep keep a charging Ty Gibbs in the rearview mirror. And in the truck series, it was John Hunter Nemechek outdueling his boss, Kyle Busch, to grab the checkers. The six hours at the Glen was this weekend for IMSA. Speaking of fuel mileage, it was much the same in New York as it was in PA. In the end, Mazda's decision to go for fuel only on the final pit stop netted the overall win for Harry Tinknell, Oliver Jarvis, and Jonathan Bomarito over the Meyer Shank team that dominated most of the race. Trans Am was at Mid-Ohio. Chris Dyson, your winner today. Rafa Matos winning in TA2. Max Verstappen cruised to another victory at the Styrian GP in Formula One, his fourth win on the season, and he now leads the championship by 18 points over Lewis Hamilton. After the race, Hamilton said, Mercedes needs an upgrade or their title chances are over. Kyle Larson doing things we haven't seen in decades. Next. Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey, man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, fresh from the bar, rock your roll, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop, there it is. Scoop, there it is. Scoop, there it is. Scoop, there it is. Scoop, shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. 
Over these 20 years of doing this thing, Freak Nation, we've had a lot of partners come and go, meaning sponsors, but two that have been with us for the duration and are still here, Lucas Oil and General Tires. That's why I say every damn week, go to lucasoil.com, check out their line of products, including this week's product spotlight. Something we've been talking about for a long, long time. It's Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax. You want to detail your car, motorcycle, truck, boat, airplane, ATV, Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax. It's going to give you that classic showroom shine. Shines and protects in one easy application. Use on wet, dry surfaces, premium paint, gloss, intensifier, quick and easy, man. Go to lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com. Crasher, I'm not sure you had to go jump out of the studio for a second. You were talking about something that you put on, was it Twitter or Facebook? Was it in regards to Kyle Larson? No, it wasn't in regards to Kyle Larson. It was in in regards to Pocono. And let me go back and get it real quick. My tweet was, watching Pocono Raceway and just had this thought. Would you be okay with IndyCar returning there because of their new aero screen? Got it. And possibly a speed reducer of sorts. Holy cow. (laughs) Got people fired up. I'd say the majority of people were saying yes, but there are some interesting comments here for sure. Well, hit him. We're, we're, we're going to talk about what Kyle Larson has done or is doing and was on his way to his fourth points race win. That last lap, tire extravaganza, but hit those first. All right. Studley on Twitter says the boost has got to come way down. In my opinion, I thought the safer barriers replacing the boilerplate would have made Pocono a safer track. The cars have always been too fast for that track. The worst crashes in IndyCar cart USAC history outside of Indy, of course, have happened at Pocono. Was that Wilson's? That's Wilson and Robert Wickens were the last two. Whoa. The last two really bad Whoa. ones. And there's a lot of rumors. I mean, the timing. Okay. So IndyCar pulled or I don't know if they pulled it. They ended their Pocono, their recent Pocono relationship, allegedly because the sponsor went away, ABC Supply. But it just so happened to be the year after Wiccan's crash. So the timing is a little bit suspect. And there's a lot of people that are still very fairly nervous about it. So what it. would you say overall, with, again, the, the comments continue to come in? Overall, for, for, people want to see it back, yeah. Statman, yeah. are you in favor of seeing IndyCar back at Pocono? No. I I I don't I'm one of the few people that thinks racing is competition and not speed and uh all Pocono is just turn and you know, keep your foot on it and speed 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 and the person with the largest ability to maintain that speed is uh, going to be the winner and that's not necessarily the best test of skill Crasher if it didn't matter or if if the drivers were asked whether they'd want to return or not, and we didn't know their names or that, that people wouldn't know which way they leaned. Do you think the drivers would more than likely say no? To be perfectly honest, I think because of the changing of the guard that's going on in IndyCar right now, I think the younger drivers would love to go there, but I it's this is just my opinion. I'm not saying that I've heard it from these drivers specifically, but I, I think the Scott Dixons and the Tony Canons of the world are totally fine without returning. Yeah. 
you just hit on something. I'm, maybe stats ears raised as well with these younger drivers and successful younger drivers. There hasn't been a Wilson or a Wickens type accident or uh, Hinchtown type accident in the last three years. Yeah, I, I'm, right? I'm going back in my head too, trying to think when was the last super fierce crash in IndyCar? And you're right, it has been several years. Was it was it Wickens or or, or, or Hinchcliffe? Ooh, that's stat. Open it, that one up for Twitter, Richie. That's that's no, it wasn't. Hinchcliffe was before Wickens. So, was it Wickens? Was that the last major crash in IndyCar? I, it's a good question. Well, you don't open that up for Twitter. We we can do research on that, but I think there's certainly a poll there on Twitter to actually get into dissecting whether these younger drivers. That's. Younger, okay. Combination of the younger drivers plus a more sturdy, safer car. Hmm. It's got to be. That has to have something to do with it. That aero screen. I mean, it's turning heads everywhere, even in the Formula One paddock across right. the pond. They're looking at IndyCar a lot differently now because of the aero screen and probably because of their own aero screen as well, or they've got a more of a halo looking thing. But yeah, there's, there's something to be said for it. Statman, do you think an accident like a Wickens or Hinchcliffe or Wilson would? Uh, shed new light on these younger drivers, or do you think they're as brazen as you know the Paul Tracys and Canons or Frankitis were twenty years ago? Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> I think that I think, <laughs> I think both things are true. I think that the but I don't know. I while you were talking there, Crash, I think the younger drivers are more interested in a display of skill, and I think they would rather. Um, you know, shift gears, street courses, uh, road courses, natural road courses. I think those young, dri- younger drivers would rather go to Watkins Glen than return to Pocono. Ah, that's a good point too. Here's here's a tweet uh, response from Nifty Fifty Two who said, "I think this is up your alley, Stat." Speed limiting at Pocono is a terrible idea. The cars need more horsepower and less aerodynamic grip so they can separate from each other. That goes to your skill comment, I think. Yeah, I think I've been saying that for years. Uh, For example, I think that uh, if they would take, instead of putting restrictor plates on cars at the big tracks in NASCAR, that they should take the plates off and reduce the compression so you have less horsepower and you force the drivers to drive instead of just put their foot on the floor and see who could hold on and uh, build a safer tank so that the drivers don't get hurt. Uh, I really believe that as long as they're going fast enough to separate from, you know, the normal uh, guy on the freeway, then, um, yeah, I think racing to me at least is competition and not speed the ubiquitous camera angle of Pocono has always for me somewhat made me not chuckle but go wow those are some small cars talking about IndyCar <laughs> when they come down that front stretch and you see those five six lanes and you've got how many 20 what is it? Anywhere from 24 to 28 cars. It's, yeah. You could put 22 more and it would still 
look like a bunch of kids on tricycles. And I'm not I'm not saying anything about their driving capabilities. It's just such a huge freaking track. And you saw what happened in the Xfinity race. You saw what happened in the Arca Series race running on those general tires. And even some of the cup races over the last couple of days where a dude can start up at the wall and end up all the way down damn near in the infield in about 200 yards. <laughs> it's so wide. It's insanely large. Yeah. And we've. Well, at least the home stretch yeah. is not the entire yeah. track. Yeah. The yeah. home that's, stretch that's, is. Yeah. Right. That shot that you always see coming into turn one on that tri-oval. There, there, you, again, it just. I mean, that's skill to me. Would you try and block somebody from up by the wall? And you got to carry him all the way down to the damn infield. And I found that interesting. It was this weekend with the Arca Series race where they all where, – where I think Corey or either Ty, Ty Gibbs, Corey Heim, who won the race, were talking about blocking. Yeah, I was trying to block. I was blocking them all the way. Da, 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 and I'm, I'm saying, well, hold on a second. We've had long conversations, at least about IndyCar, about you can't block. Well, you're allowed to make one move, but generally they won't let you make that second move to block. But I think that – <laughs> that one move is uh, has caused a lot of problems in NASCAR, and I think it also causes problems in in IndyCar. I've seen them in Long Beach where they make one move, and uh, you know suddenly guys are backed up and they're swerving around, and the whole field behind them is trying to adjust to one guy at the front trying to block the you know somebody from making a run on him. Richie, if you would, play that audio, and we're going to go into break after this audio and discuss uh, what we're about to hear. Only eight before him have ever won four. Oh, he's got a flat tire. The left front tire's flat. It's down. He's going to go into the wall. Kyle Larson in the wall. The 48 of Bowman's going to get by him. A flat tire for Kyle Larson. And now Alex Bowman is going to win at Pocono. Dale's excitement is epic. Every parent should take that video and explain that to their teenager or preteen saying, that's why you never give up, son or daughter, <laughs> because you never know what's going to happen. Yet Kyle Larson is on a monster streak. We'll talk much more about that coming up next. But first, your Statman Scat. Heartbreak of Motor Racing was on display this weekend in just two races. The obvious was at Pocono Saturday, where Kyle Larson was a couple hundred yards away from history. It would have been his fourth straight points race win. Instead, a front tire blew out and allowed teammate Alex Bowman to get the win instead. Larson coasted to ninth. Only eight drivers have ever won four NASCAR Cup races in a row. Larson would have been the ninth. The record is 10 by Richard Petty in 1967. But heartbreak struck again Sunday in Austria, where George Russell, normally a backmarker, was running eighth, moving on to seventh in a Formula One race. His Williams team hasn't scored a point in two years. But today, Russell was forced to the pits with a power unit problem that ultimately retired him from the race. In a word, brutal. And proof that bad things can happen to people who don't always deserve it. Truly heartbreak. Peace. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Sunday. 
somewhere there's speaking it's already coming in oh and it's rising at the back of your mind you never could get it unless you were faded now you're here and you're done. Only eight before him have ever won four. Oh, he's got a flat tire to let front tires flat. It's down. He's going to go into the wall. Kyle Larson in the wall. The 48 of Bowman's going to get by him. A flat tire for Kyle Larson. And now Alex Bowman is going to win at Pocono. Richie, if you can separate that and just play the hell out of that for the next 21 years, I'll be a satisfied man. <laughs> it's so epic. Oh, he's got a flat tire. He's got a flat tire. Hey, I'm going to say this, and we probably won't spend much time talking about this, but not only is uh, Toyota sucking hind boob on the NASCAR circuit, but uh, yeah. if you f- if you follow uh, some trending, excuse me, some trends on Twitter you'll see that Toyota, for a lot of people out there, for obvious reasons at this point, aren't real happy with Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. For some context on that, go check out the Axios Twitter account and the Midas Touch Twitter account. All right, so here we go. Speaking of not Toyota, Chevrolet. <laughs> we was it Statman, when was the last time we were going, man, Chevrolet's got some problems? Was that last year, year before? And then, holy smokes, looking what happened. Was that last year's stat? Yeah, wait a minute. I've got a, a thing here that uh, they ran a, a great um, graphic on the TV show that Hendrick, which is kind of the the uh, uh, the factory program in NASCAR, Hendrick Motorsports, they had uh, they won eight races this year or nine. I guess with uh, Bowman winning Saturday, uh, seven on all of 2020, four in 2019, three in 2018, four in 2017, five in 2016. So they've had some problems for several years now, and uh, Chevrolet has put more money into it. Maybe. Uh, what happened to Toyota is what's happened to Mercedes and F1. We're going to win forever, and there's no sense in uh, putting a lot of money into R&D, and then all of a sudden, hey, where'd you guys get fast? And now they've got to catch up some kind of way. Although, in fairness, Toyota did win today, even with a broken transmission. And it's not all... Larson that's doing this, but it might as well be because what what happened over the weekend is somewhat the epitome of what happened to Kyle Larson early in this season and that every freaking race it felt like he was contending for a race win. Then all of a sudden he found his freaking mojo and he was about to win his fourth straight NASCAR points race, except for that last lap issue with the tire, bam, into the wall. He did make it top 10. Ninth in the ninth spot, right? Yeah, ninth. I think he finished ninth. He cruised to ninth. Yeah, did he really. And wow. then today he finishes second. <laughs> if you're scoring like motocross, I should have done the math before I said this, but I bet he would have won today's weekend just like oh, motocross yeah. does. You you get a second a nine and a two. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, no, Kyle didn't Kyle Busch finish top five yesterday? 
probably. I'd have to I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I know. My point is this. There's a great article, and Richie, I, I would like for you to, to tweet this article out from Speedsport. Good friends there at Speed Speedsport. You should subscribe to these guys anyway. They got fantastic insight, and I love this article because it shares information that I knew about Kyle Larson when I was covering this guy at 15 years old in some of the Northern California sprint car races where he may have weighed all of 110 pounds when I jammed a microphone in his face. But he was as bashful and as reclusive as they come. But fast forward to where we are now. Prior to today, according to Speedsport News, in total, Larson's run this year has amounted to 1,079 of 2,036 laps led over the last nine Cup Series races. Do the math there, stat man. <laughs> what are you asking me to do the math for? I'm as bad as math as you are. <laughs> That's over 50% of the laps led At by least. one dude. Yeah, not one uh, team. I mean, not one uh, manufacturer. No, this is Kyle Larson. This is incredible what this guy is doing. And when he and was in, that- wait a minute, when he was in NASCAR before he had a problem, the he wasn't with a bad team he was with ganassi right. they're a major program or were and but he's with the the you know the gm factory program now and he's got cars in fact i talked to uh dunan john dunan about can can that how does that happen that a guy could go to one program and and he talked about that even though he's the head of imsa he still talked about the uh, psychology of one program, one guy could just take over and change the whole mindset in a garage. And that seems like that's what Kyle Larson has done. You look at what Kyle Larson's done with Rick Hendrick, and then you look what Kyle Larson did last year, Statman, during his suspension with all of those dirt race wins in many different dirt race series. Is it 46 or 49? I think 46 is the, is the number. Yeah, and he, he told us, in fact, in a video, and I encourage anybody who hasn't seen it to go look at it, that he told us that that's what he does, that he'd rather go racing than to sit home on the couch or go do another the autograph signing and go make some more money. He'd rather go racing. And he... I think he has learned a lot. Everybody who has told us that they've had some experience on dirt, that they uh, can learn handling a car in um, unstable conditions makes you better on pavement. And I think that has only helped him get faster. Yeah, he's basically following in the footsteps of, I don't know, you might not know these names, people. Uh, let's see, A.J. Foyt, Mario Andretti, Tony Stewart. I mean, all those guys got their foundation in dirt and turned it into incredibly successful pavement careers. So, yeah, it's there's absolutely something to be said about that. I mean, it's it's just it's crazy cool how that happens. There was a guy named Joe Leonard who. Joe who raced uh, dirt motorcycles, and he, uh, I think, he won a USAC championship. He was very successful at Indy. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's a lot of people will say the same thing that learning how to handle a car in an unstable environment, like, um, dirt will work miracles. We talked about Colin McRae. He went to Le Mans as yeah. a, a race, a, a champion in rallying on dirt he went to Le Mans, and inside of uh, less than ten laps, he was as fast as the number one driver on the Ferrari team. So his first time on the track, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, once you once you learn how to uh, anticipate the car going out of control, they they've had they said they've had studies in Europe that guys have more of the things in your inner ear, the fila in your inner ear that tells you when the body is out of balance. Uh, that that guys who have more success as rally drivers on dirt have more of those things in their inner ear and can feel the car going out of balance quicker than anybody else. Whether that's okay, true or that not, that's, I didn't think we'd talk about on Speed Freaks. Yeah, <laughs> right. But you know, that's what uh, that's what happens. Listen, man, I I love this for motorsports, specifically for NASCAR. It gives me a, a reason to pay attention more to, to races that just seem to drag on. Yeah. It's like watching major league baseball on, on you know, uh, home run hitters. You know, how, how long would the streak last? No hitters, things of that nature. It's all good. Cooper Webb up for an SB supercross champion next. Okay. Panic on the brain. Michael. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Lake Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7-365. 
Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. What up? It's Kenny Sargent. And have you checked out Speed Freaks website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv. And it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Hope you guys were able to catch the Lucas Oil Outdoor Series, the Motocross Series, the OG of motocross, supercross racing. Speaking of, Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax, quick and easy application, shines, protects in one easy application. Premium paint gloss intensifier used on wet or dry surfaces. Give you that paint, the classic showroom shine. Go to lucasoil.com, lucasoil.com. Coming up in moments, Cooper Webb, Supercross champion, up for an SB. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. You heard Statman last segment talk about John Doonan, IMSA president. He'll be joining Statman with a special scat next hour. And speaking of IMSA, we'll have uh, one of the winners on uh, coming up next hour. Uh, Cooper Webb joins us here in the Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios. Do people call you Coop? I mean, did, did mom and dad call you Coop and your friends call you Coop growing up? Uh, my, my friends did, never my mom and dad, uh, but definitely my friends. Uh, it was a nickname then, and yeah, even now, uh, I get a lot of people that call me that, which I'm good with. It, it rolls off the tongue easy. But when mom and dad were getting after your ass, did they <laughs> get, get the full Cooper middle name and Webb after you? Oh, yeah, it was it was Cooper Webb. Get, get your butt in here right now. <laughs> what, no middle name? Uh, it's kind of a funny story. My first name's actually Paul. But I've gone by Cooper since I was six months old. My parents told me they felt like uh, Paul just didn't didn't work very well. So I've always gone by Cooper, which is my middle name. Yeah, you don't look like a Paul to me. You are a Cooper. <laughs> yeah, that's what they would tell me. So that's why they they started calling me that. Did Mom ever call you Paul Cooper Webb? Get in here, and you knew she meant uh, dirty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She said the full name, or, or even Paul. <laughs> you knew you knew you're in trouble. Cooper Webb joining us here in the Freak Nation. And, and uh, again, off-season for Supercross, outdoors going off, but you making some noise uh, now in the summertime with being nominated for an ESPY. Did you have any idea that this was even a possibility for you? No, I didn't. I had no idea at all. Uh, I came across the, the X Games posted it, and, and I got alerted through them. And, man, it was it was surreal. Last Friday, I kind of saw it, and, and really understood it once I saw it. You know, I, I've watched the ESPYs on TV, but I didn't really even know that there was a, a category for, for best action sports. So 
yeah, man, it was pretty crazy seeing that. Um, my my name in the hat, and and for Supercross and Motocross, just getting some recognition, and uh, myself as well, uh, being in the same category as as some of the great people that have been nominated and and have won this award. So uh, I was super pumped. Um, you know, even now, obviously, it would be sweet to to try to try to win the thing, but being down to the final four as as a finalist is is super cool, and I'm I'm pumped for it. Let me preface this question by saying beggars can't be choosers. I get that. But hold on a second. Cooper Webb joining us here in the Freak Nation on a Sunday night. I see best action sports athlete. And sometimes I cringe a little bit because it's like, well, duh, we know you've got that. What about best male athlete, period? You guys are some of the fittest athletes out there, but everybody wants to look at the stick and ball guys in that category. Do do you think the same way that I'm thinking? Are you just like, shut up, Crash? It's a nomination and it's awesome. (laughs) A little bit of both. I mean, like you said, I think uh, our sport's growing. As you can see, it's, it's getting some mainstream attention, which is awesome. But, yeah, we definitely are some of the fittest, I would say, athletes in the world. Um, you know, the amount of training and, and stuff we put our body through on our dirt bikes, we're max heart rate the whole time we're out there. For the summertime, it's two 35-minute motos holding a 250-pound 450cc engine. In the heat of summer, you know, your heart rate's pegged and – uh you're battling every single muscle cramping, hurting, and uh, it's it's a supper fest, no doubt. But uh, at the same time, like you said, it's it is cool to at least be recognized for for action sports. And um, like you said, maybe one day we'll we'll get in there as as best male athlete. Tell me some of the worst things you have suffered through, whether it's an outdoor moto or indoors and in supercross. What is something you've suffered through that was very painful throughout most of a race? Well, I think for us, it's the beauty and the beast, but you, you deal with injuries quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've had some some pretty big ones that have sidelined me, but the ones where you, you know, usually like for myself, you're in a championship kind of hunt and, you know, you might have a shoulder dislocation or, you know, a ligament tear. Or, um, for example, this year, I actually sprained my ankle and, and had to go race, you know, the next week. So you're always kind of fighting through nagging injuries. And I think those can sometimes be physically and mentally tough. And um, like you said, with us racing every single weekend for 17 out of 18 weekends, there's no time to let your body heal. So you're dealing with a lot of, a lot of injuries. You're dealing with, uh, you know, high stress physically, uh, mentally, as, as far as championship pressure or racing pressure. And, uh, but yeah, I think that's why we love it. We always come back for more. It's just that competitiveness in us. Cooper Webb, Supercross champion. What's your max heart rate? You mentioned that before. I'm sure somebody's measured it. When you peg personally, what's that? <laughs> uh, for me, you know, everyone's a little bit different depending on, you know, how, how they operate. But for me, that's 185. And um, that's about every race I, I hit that number, which is, for me, the, the top end range, I think the highest I've, I've ever seen it is maybe 189. Um, but yeah, for, for 35 minutes in motocross, we're there. And then Oof. supercross for 20 minutes, uh, we're there right off the starting gate. Even it's quite funny. You'll see in staging um, when you're getting ready to go out for your for your race. And for me, just the nerves and the anticipation, your heart rate's already climbing into the 100s, you know, the 120s sometimes even into the 140s when you're just sitting there physically not doing anything. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I think the sport tests you not only physically, but that, that mental battle as well, uh, that anticipation, the, the 
bit of fear that is also kind of involved in it. You know that you're at risk uh, every turn and every jump and every obstacle that you're on. So, yeah, like I said, I think it's just a mixture of all these emotions as well as putting a physical toll on your body. And um, But we, we definitely come back for more each and every Saturday. I know there was a guy that raced in the Tour de France named Miguel Indurain many years ago, probably before you were born, but he had a resting pulse of 29. Wow. Heart pumped every other second. What's your resting pulse? When I was, when I used to race bicycles, I got down to about 46 or 48. It's far above that now. What's your resting pulse? For me, uh, the upper 30s. I've been you know, as low as I think 36 before, but usually between yeah, 36 and 40 when I wake up in the morning. So uh, I got a ways to go to, to catch the cycling world, but uh, I still think that's, that's pretty low. Somebody needs to come in and nudge you once in a while. <laughs> if your pulse is getting down that low, don't you dream? Don't you get excited in your uh, dream? Always, man. I'm I'm always dreaming. I'm resting well. But, uh, I caught you there. About what you what are you dreaming about? <laughs> I have some wild dreams. I, come I'm, on, come on. You gotta you gotta share it with us. I don't know, man. It could be about you know falling out of an airplane one day, and then really something that, that kind of happens in the real world the next day. I, I'm all over the map. So we need to get your dreams to turn into walking up on stage, accepting an SB, going for your speech, and nailing it. How about that? Absolutely. And that, like you said, that would be a, a dream come true right there. That's uh, a super big honor. And, and I'm just, like I said, excited to, to be in the running for that, not only for myself, but for the sport of Supercross and Motocross. And, um, you know, it's it was a lot of hard work, and I won my championship. But this is kind of a, a different award. You know, it's it's not every day that – that I'm nominated for something so special. So yeah, I, I'm super excited about it. And like you said, I, I, I'll dream of that tonight of holding that award and, and grasping it. Now let's go back a little bit on what you said earlier in the interview about your, you were talking about your, your elevated heart rate when you are racing and you've got that element of fear as well, that kind of helps to elevate the heart rate, at least at the beginning on the gates. Talk about that because we talk with some car drivers or maybe some boat racers. They say that you can't think of fear because that might mess you up on the track. Is that just restricted to cars and boats or other forms of motorsports? Do you thrive on fear? Is that one of your keys to success? Oh, I mean, no, you try not to think about it, but I think in the back of all of our minds, there there is that little bit, right? Or otherwise you're not going to have any respect for, you know, for me, the dirt bike or a car or a boat when you are driving it, I think, uh, yeah, you don't think about what the what ifs or the injuries or anything like that. But I think that fear is in the back of your mind where it forces you to focus, um, putting all your attention to what you're doing, attention to detail. And as well as, um, you know, sometimes, sure, there might be risk management, like the old saying goes, risk over reward. You know, is it maybe worth um getting out of your, your comfort level or, or bringing in extreme high risk for a, for a one better result. You know, um, a lot of the times it is worth it. The risk is always worth it. But uh, like I said, I think there's a, there's a lot of thinking that goes into racing, especially, you know, at, at the high end level. And, and when you are in a championship, um, you know, points are important, but so are race wins. So sometimes there's that risk management there. 
How'd you learn how to win a championship? So many times guys just go hard every event. Is that what you do or do you plan? I need points. I can't go as hard this time. I can't challenge for second when third gets me the points. I would say the preparation is, is hugely important. And so for me, uh, I, I always try to, we call it our off season, get in a lot of good training, a lot of laps to where you're feeling really comfortable to where, you know, your bike, I think that's the important thing, you know, um, it's man and motorcycle. That's it. So as, as comfortable as you can be on your motorcycle goes a long ways. And then I think that brings in the confidence. Um, and as well as to win a championship, you gotta be strong. You gotta be fast. You gotta be fit. But the consistency over, like I keep saying, 17 races is, is huge. Like you said, you can go out and win the first five, but if you have a DNF or a, a crash and all of a sudden you're out of the points lead. Um, so it's always tough to, you know, every championship's different. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind, and it's it's understanding how to manage it. But at the end of the day, the consistency and and being either first or I'd say on the podium about every weekend is is what you kind of need to uh, put yourself in the best situation to be a, a contender at the end of this end of the year. Now, I think that uh, action sports is skateboards and rollerblades and that sort of thing. That's a far cry from the the brutality of of uh, uh, Supercross. Uh, does it matter to you that you get nominated for an SP and you have to compete against guys that r- ride skateboards and and uh, in skate parks? I grew up kind of doing that stuff, so uh, I mean I have a lot of respect for it. My dad was actually a pro surfer and shaped surfboards even now to this day. So I definitely understand the technicality of it and it's in its own, um, but definitely a, a little bit different, right? You know, it, there are a lot of the nominees that I'm on one's a surfer and two of them are, are snowboarders. So it's, it's them and their board to where, yeah, it's me and my, my motorcycle, if you will. And, um, we're not always competing or doing the best trick or, um, the best run. It's, it's, we're more, I guess, racing and motorsports based as well as physically some of the, like you guys alluded to the fittest athletes I'd say out there. So, I mean, like I said, I think it's, it's hard to say what it really is. Um, is it action sports? Is it mainstream sports? Is it motorsports? Uh, that's what I think makes motorcycle racing and, and riding motorcycles. So unique in general, you know, you can do so many different things. So, uh, I'm just excited to, to be nominated for it. I think it's a, a super big, you know, honor and an award. So, we're going to run with the hills for it. Hey, Cooper, listen, let's be honest. Cooper Webb, Supercross champion, joining us here in the Freak Nation, up for an ESPY. You've got issues. Tell me, when you drive by a freaking Burger King or you drive by a Dairy Queen, don't you want to drop in there and just go bonkers for a McFlurry or a McDonald's at a, a Blizzard and and just sc- just grab three or four thousand calories, bro? But you can't be this, you can't be this nice and this honest. You've got to have issues with food and maybe grabbing a hard seltzer every now and then bud <laughs> yeah i mean like you said we we are definitely strict uh, a lot of sacrifices are made you know especially during the season your your fitness is hugely important your food your nutrition uh as much as we travel you know staying clean and and not getting sick is hugely important especially this year with all the covid stuff um if we would have got it we wouldn't have been allowed to race so that was something you got to be mindful of, but 
when I get my, my month off at the end of the year, I, I usually indulge in a lot of stuff, uh, <laughs> eat whatever. And I'm definitely thirsty, like you said. So, uh, <laughs> it's good though, but I, I try to reward myself, you know, within reason. Um, when I do get a, a result or a championship, you know, I, I celebrate and, and enjoy the moment because it, it definitely doesn't happen a lot. So I feel like I have a good balance there. What is your cheat meal? What is like oh, when you man, do win? Today, just a Chick Fil A, uh, the nuggets, fries, everything. Um, I guess just fried fried food. Growing up in the South, that's that's what I grew up on. So <laughs> that's my go to, and um, yeah, I definitely enjoy that when I can. Well, Didn't what do you talk- mix Red Bull with? <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a beer drinker, so. <laughs> uh, we drink Red Bull on the podium, but yeah, for me, just uh, enjoy enjoy a few beers every once in a while. Well, listen, man, Cooper, thanks for taking time out, man. Continue to kick some ass, do what you're doing. Uh, you'll get better in the outdoors. It's a long ass season, man. Thanks for joining us here in the Freak Nation. Yeah, thank you guys, and uh, tell everybody you know go vote for yes. me uh, on the SBA Awards on uh, ESPN's website, and wish me luck. And thank you guys for having me. Awesome, boy. All right, good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. See ya. You know, it's that argument. Are the athletes? Yeah, and right. I, I will, yeah. You try and to I'll, ride a motorcycle and just stand up going 30 miles an hour on a dirt road, much less 100 miles an hour on the grooves and the stuff that they have to race. Remember when we were at Strackside and those guys were flying by in Las Vegas? They don't look that fast up in the stands, but they are flying. Freak Nation, big second hour. Statman had a chance to sit down with IMSA president John Doonan. We'll do that. And Gar Robinson, IMSA winner from over the weekend. Next. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Crash Gladys, and Statman. Here's the Freaks. Second hour of the Freaks coming up. Statman. A little one-on-one with a very influential person in motorsports, the president of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Series, John Doonan. That's coming up in about 12 minutes. What's that, Ted Cruz? Cruz Pedragon. You've got to be kidding. Cruz Pedragon, who won the NHRA Funny Car. <laughs> In Ohio this weekend. Who's not in Mexico. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, He may join us this hour. I'm not sure. We're chasing him down. Also coming up, Gar Robinson. Uh, Speaking of IMSA, your LMP3 winner from the IMSA Six Hours at the Glen. He'll be here this hour. uh, Robbie. Damn it. Richie's (laughs) got a hell of a streak going with. So we've been doing the show for 21 years. Mm -hmm. And suffice it to say that, Hardly does a week go by that Kenny doesn't mess up somebody's name. And it's 
hysterical <laughs> because your brain mixes up names before it comes before names come out of your mouth. And it's usually it's like a crossover of sports or like mm-hmm. Tony George, who used to be the CEO of IndyCar. It you would mix up Eddie George and Tony. I, I forget who else, but it's just funny how your brain does that. That's just how I roll, man. I, I see that. Okay, uh, Richie, you've been doing a hell of a job with this music. What'd you say? These are Billboard top. All the songs I'm playing as best I can for either rejoiners or closed music or whatever tonight, they all come from the Billboard top 100 music charts for the week of June 25th, 2000. Nice. Nice. <laughs> all right. Our literal birthday. We are celebrating 21 years of doing Speed Freaks, Freak Nation. And Richie's done a hell of a job with the music, bringing us all the way back 21 years ago. Richie, how old were you 21 years ago, buddy? <laughs> I was nine. Man. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, give me some. <laughs> give, give me another another song, Richie. I've got some fairly incredible stats here for uh, stats. the year. The year 2000. <laughs> Thank you, Conan right. O'Brien. You got it. Which, by the way, no more late nights for him. Oh, wow. He bolted. Wow. He got it on his own. Good. Board. This is this is oh. perfect 21st anniversary music right here. Wow. It's a song called I Wanna Know from Joe. What? <laughs> it was number six on the Billboard Top 100 June that week. 24, 2000. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's this this is uh, Crasher versus Statman. Okay. Right. Cost of living in 2000, guys. The average cost of a new house, stat man, was how much in 2000? Average. Nationwide, 37,000. Yeah. Crasher? What? I was going to say at least 100, that, like 125,000. Stat man, this is 2000, nice. <laughs> Not 1950s. Yeah, but you're also talking nationwide. They got places in Mississippi and Alabama where they'll pay you to live in a house. <laughs> that's, Don't get to, that's still Detroit. <laughs> Average cost of a new house, 134000 Ah. Uh, let me see. Oh, Statman or Crash. The cost of a gallon of gas. Oh, in, my uh, gosh. 2000 Okay, the late 90s, we saw that super cheap surge go through. Okay, we don't need to sit here. Yeah, I know, but this is 2000. This is right after that. $1.25. Statman. Yeah, I'd say $1.10. $1.26. Did you see that? Oh, man, I'm good. Average cost of a new car, Statman. And this is from coast to coast, border to border. This is. In the year two thousand. In the year two thousand, the average yep. cost of a car was uh, new car. Uh, Nineteen five. Crasher. I'm in that vicinity. I'll go eighteen thousand. Twenty-four thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. Oh wow! Twenty-four really? Oh. <laughs> really? Wow. Yep. You can get a new car now for that. Wow. Dozen eggs cost 89 cents. Barrel of oil tops out at $30. Pound of bacon, $297, baby. 
Scratch got his pit news and notes and some affiliates rejoining coming up. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Ah, yeah. Another round of affiliates joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Good to hear some music that actually gets my blood pumping. It doesn't put me to sleep. Stop. Thank you, Richie. Second hour of the Freaks. Coming up this hour, John Doonan, IMSA, WeatherTech Sports Car Championship President. He's got something to say. He joins Statman coming up. Also, Gar Robinson. Speaking of, LMP3 winner from today's Six hours. Yes, exactly. You're going, what the hell's an LMP3? We'll get to that. Statman's favorite class. Bam. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. Brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. General Tire, the official tire of the Freak Nation. Sports cars, sedans, SUVs, big fat F-250s. Roll them on General Tires all summer long. Crash? All right. It was a huge weekend. So if I miss anything that you want to hear about, Go to racer.com or speedsport.com. They are both the authority on all racing results. This weekend was host to the 99th running of the Race to the Clouds, the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Can't say that too fast. The race distance was shortened due to bad weather and awful conditions at the summit, but Rob Robin Schutte grabbed the overall win. NASCAR raced a doubleheader at Pocono this weekend. The finish of both cup races was amazing. First on Saturday, again, the Kyle Larson Show. Until the freaking final lap, with just one turn to go, Kyle Larson's tire went down. He hit the wall, and Alex Bowman drove on by for the beneficial victory. Then Sunday's race came down to fuel fuel mileage and a heck of a lot of luck. Kyle Busch spending almost 100 laps stuck in fourth gear, then some time in pit lane to fix the issue. His pit stops after that, though, were just enough behind the other so he could drive to the win without needing a splash and go. In Xfinity, Austin Sindrick drove masterfully to keep a charging Ty Gibbs in his rearview mirror. And in the truck series, it was John Hunter Nemechek outdueling his boss, Kyle Busch, to grab the checkers. The six hours at the Glen was this weekend for IMSA, and again, a fuel mileage race, much the same in New York as it was in Pennsylvania. In the end, Mazda's decision to go for fuel only on the final pit stop netted the overall win for Harry Tinknell, Oliver Jarvis, Jonathan Bomarito over the Meyer Shank team that dominated most of the race. Your LMP3 winner, Gar Robinson, will join us later this hour. Gar Robinson, Scott Andrews, and Felipe Fraga. Trans Am was at Mid-Ohio. Chris Dyson, your winner in Trans Am. Rafa Matos winning in TA2. Max Verstappen cruising to another victory at the Styrian GP in Formula One. And NHRA racing at Norwalk. Holy hole shots. Erica Enders denying Greg Anderson of another win in Pro Stock. Funny Car, another tight race won by Cruz Pedregon over Bob Tasca. Steve Torrance, your winner in Top Fuel. And Matt Smith, Lucas Oil's Matt Smith over Steve Johnson in the bikes. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey, man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, fresh from the love, rock your roll, chocolate, you better cook it up. Scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 shakalaka. 
switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Coming up in moments, Statman has a little inside scat with John Doonan, president of IMSA. If you're not familiar with IMSA, they are the governing body for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. John Doonan's been doing this thing a long time. Coming up in a moment, Statman and John Doonan. This segment brought to you by our good friends at Lucas Oil Slick Mist. Lucas Oil Slick Mist and Speed Wax. Shines, protects, and one easy application used on wet and dry surfaces. You see it at O'Reilly Auto Parts or AutoZone or Advance. You, you see that blue bottle. Right? Snappy Lucas Oil Slickness logo on it. Try it out, man. It is badass. Premium paint glossings, intensifier, give it that showroom shine. For more information, go to lucasoil.com. Hello and welcome to another Statman Scat. This time our special guest is John Doonan, president of IMSA. And he's a buddy of mine. That makes him even more important. John, welcome. Uh, thanks. It's so good to see you on screen. I hope we can do it in person at a racetrack soon, but uh, it has been too many years. And let's uh, let's use this time to catch up, but also talk about some tremendous momentum in our sport after what has been a pretty crazy 18 months. I got to be honest with you. It's been stunning. We're going to cover some of that, but I'm going to leap out of the box right here at the beginning. 
It's a guy, you, you've been in the motorsports world. You've been a racer. You've also been at it from an administrator, from a factory point of view. There's a guy in NASCAR down the hall from you or on a different floor or wherever it is named Kyle Larson, who's on fire. Some people at ESPN might say he's as hot as uh, fish grease, <laughs> but we're not going to go into that. But he left uh, for a while and he came back and he's with what might be considered the Chevrolet uh, home program at yeah. Hendrick Motorsports. You know how much of an impact factory programs have on racing. So let's bring it back to IMSA. How is that possible that a guy could go from barely finishing races to winning four in a row because he's with the right factory team? Yeah, you're, you're spot on about, um, you know, the, the factory efforts. We're fortunate to have 18 different automakers competing in IMSA. And then one way or another, whether they have a, a works team to use maybe a little bit of a, a historical term, or they support customer racing. Uh, it's all about the people and the chemistry, uh, of course, set up on the car. And then in, in many ways, as you know, there's an element of luck in racing. Um, but, you know, what, what the Hendrick team has pulled off um, this year so far with, you know, Chase Elliott won a race, Alex Bowman's won a couple, uh, Kyle's uh, obviously on fire, William Byron. So, you know, they're putting some some significant numbers on the board. And it does come down to, I think, people and, and chemistry. And, you know, most of the work, I think, is done away from the racetrack, as you know, preparation at the shop. Uh, nowadays, the, the, the teams and drivers, I, frankly, I don't care what series it is, they're spending time on a simulator somewhere preparing such that when they get to the racetrack and, and you know, COVID has taught us a lot. Um, there wasn't opportunities in, in, in NASCAR Cup to do practice and qualifying and things uh, for the last 18 months or so uh, before they went back to racing or 22 months now. So people, chemistry, uh, hard work, there's no question those are the staples. Uh, I think the other thing just about Kyle, you know, he has spent time in the Rolex 24 in a variety of cars. Clearly he's done dirt. He's done ovals on, on asphalt and in sprint cars and midgets. And he's just an amazing talent. Um, and so um, to have uh, guys like, like Kyle in the NASCAR family, guys like Jimmy Johnson have run with us uh, this year. Uh, Chase Elliott has run with us in the Rolex 24 and, we're heading to Watkins Glen uh, the next few days, and Jimmy will be back with us in the Ally Cadillac DPI. Do manufacturers want to see people in the stands? Do they want to see people on social media? Uh, do they want to see other manufacturers? Do they want to see balanced rules? Uh, I know that you're going to say all of the above, but yeah. what's the number one thing that they're looking for when BMW comes in, when Porsche comes in, when Audi comes in, bringing new product, what are they looking for, number one? What do they say, you got that, so we're coming? Yeah, you're 100% right. They're going to say all the above. They're going to say um, that, uh, that they, they are, are racing to, to hopefully sell 
um, their their road car products and their brand. Um, they definitely want to compete on track with the competing brands. Uh, they want to use it as a showcase for their either their their actual nameplate or a vehicle um, a profile, if you will, whether it's a GT car or their powertrain. So the two Corvettes racing against each other doesn't do Chevrolet any good. That's right. So they they yearn for BMW to be there and, and Porsche to be there and Ferrari to be there. So um, there's no question that that they um, want to uh, come and use it as a marketing tool. Um, they uh, 100% are, are keen on audience. That's why our partnership with NBC has been so critical. Um, and our social media audience across all of our channels, we're knocking on the door of just a million, a million followers. But um, they um, they all have a different set of official objectives. But I think the long and the short of it is they want to be here competing with their fellow um, um, colleagues in the industry or, or their competing brands um, to put themselves in a premium place and showcase their product in the most grueling environment possible. Some of IMSA's resurgence in the past, I don't know, 20, 30 months has come with you at the helm. Uh, the, the new partnership with Le Mans and the hybrid prototypes have bought in uh, BMW of late joining Porsche and Audi. Acura re-upped to make a car uh, for that program. They've been in the series for a while now. Uh, Cadillac is the, the brand of recognition here in IMSA now. Cadillac is very, uh, they're not there in that list. Are they going to join it? I do hope that Cadillac joins us. And based on who's been at the table, Bill, there's going to be more. Um, people are really interested in this racing for overall wins, being able to stylize the bodywork of a prototype and be able to use an engine right out of your family, uh, you know, your brand uh, uh, engines, whether it's uh, directly related to uh, uh, one of your road cars uh, or one of your SUVs. We're talking with John Doonan, IMSA president. We can't talk about racing. You talked about growing IMSA. That was one of the first things you said when you took over the helm. You can't talk about racing anywhere without talking about electrification. And we've already mentioned hybrids. How is that conversation developing in the offices there behind you? Clearly, um, hybrid is, is the new uh, element of our 2023 plans. Uh, but we are talking about several electrification opportunities, studying what's currently in the market, and really? All, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't drop that on the table, John. <laughs> give me one. Give me one headline in the the five things that you're talking about. Give me one of them. A little taste of what electrification is going to do to IMSA. Well, uh, you know, we, we've been partnered with the DOE, the Department of Energy, and the EPA uh, for many years. Back when I was a participant, and, and obviously now I'm working directly with them. We want to constantly be relevant to what our consumers and our audience are, are utilizing, whether that's an alternative fuel on the street, whether that's electrification. Um, so yes, the answer is yes. We're in constant communication with our manufacturers 
Um, the, the hybrid system for 23 is a step towards uh, what may be electrification down the road. Um, but, uh, you know, there's all stuff in the news about hydrogen and fuel cells and, and uh, again, alternative fuels that we're very uh, aware of and want to do the right thing at the right time. You always talk about growing IMSA, uh, and I've seen, I've witnessed, and we talked earlier about how Europeans who used to be the center of sports car racing are now looking at the Rolex 24 and the Sebring 12 hour and the, uh, the, uh, the race at the end of the year, the Petit Le Mans. Petit Le Mans yeah. are they, they're looking at that now. So how do we get involved in that? Is that your idea of growing it and bringing Porsche and Audi and BMW to the Rolex 24 in a couple of years? Uh, for sure, there is momentum at the top with the class strategies, um, certainly in the prototype uh, with, with all the folks you mentioned, Acura, BMW, Audi, Porsche, and more to come. There's a GT strategy that we announced back at the Rolex in January where GTLM, as we know it, is going to uh, sunset at the end of 21. We're going to come with the GT3 platform. So, I think stability is the key around the classes um, going forward, but you see these manufacturers making commitments for top-level programs and, and commitments to customer racing and GT. I think for growth, we obviously are keen on growing our audience. The television partnership with NBC is continuing to blossom. Um, our social media engagements are, are massive. We saw significant lift in TV viewership during 2020. The other thing I think is that we can't forget, Bill, and, and I know you believe in this as well, we can't forget about the next generation of audience, and that is the kids, I call them kids, uh, the 16, the 18s, the 19s, the early 20s, that we need to capture, not just in motorsport, but for the auto industry as a whole. Um, you grew up a car guy, I grew up a car guy, and we got a bunch of friends that are, that are car people. And I think we need to remember to be educators on, on the car industry and, and, and motorsport in general. Uh, we can do that. Uh, something I did at Mazda that I'd love to bring here is a STEM program where we can go to some schools and educate the, the students, not just about racing. I mean, obviously the platform is racing, but showing the application of what they're doing in the classroom and how it applies and the job opportunities in engineering, in, in public relations, in, in being an attorney in this sport that apply what you're learning in the classroom. So let's bring this in here. Part of that growth, you mentioned social media, Major League Baseball, the NBA, stick and ball sports, they're getting heavily, heavily involved in streaming. They're going to Yahoo and uh, other delivery systems. Are you going to include streaming and social media as a key part, maybe even equal to your relationship and partnership with NBC? No question. And, and frankly, the partnership with NBC gave a pipeline for us to utilize their TrackPass platform. And fans, uh, the, the uptake of the IMSA content through NBC TrackPass was massive in 2020. The key for sure is realizing, you know, linear TV like you and I 
have grown up with. Uh, we got to be prepared for people wanting to sit um, on their phone and watch it. We got to be prepared as a sport. We, you know, a lot of our social media is, you know, are digestible um, little um, shorts, and uh, we, we set the hook, and hopefully, we can earn their uh, earn their audience attendance uh, for life. John Doonan, IMSA president. What you learned last year uh, to in fighting off COVID that we're going to see uh, this year in 2021. Uh, I think probably some of my uh, my bestest friends now uh, are U.S. Homeland Security, and <laughs> because they uh, they've been instrumental in us being able to continue to operate with getting our international participants in the country. As you know, about forty percent of IMSA is made up of international participants. One of the things that, that we've learned for sure is efficiency. Um, you know, our schedules for when the teams show up how many days they're on track. And we found ways, I think, to be more efficient with budget. Is it tiring listening to racers complain, uh, making the same complaints that you used to make when you were on the other side of the desk? Well, I, I, besides the efficiency and all the custom stuff, I, I have learned a lot more. I was always respectful of the balanced performance process that now uh, my, my technical team uh, goes through. Uh, and it can go one of two ways. If everybody's complaining, everybody, you know it's pretty darn good. <laughs> or if everybody's relatively quiet, they're focused on winning races because it's getting harder and harder because the composite competition is so tight. It's uh, it's anybody's guess on the weekends, which is exactly, I think, what the fans want to see is um, a, a darn good race, a safe race, and they can uh, root for their favorite brand or, or favorite team or driver. All right, John Doonan, NIMSA president. This is the last question, finally, after all of the, we've, we've danced all over the yard here. you got some Chicago background. I asked another Chicago racer recently where he stands, deep dish or a slice? I don't know, man. Deep dish is hard to beat. I've been trying to cut back, but, uh, yeah, Gino's East or uh, Giordano's, can't beat it. Although every once in a while, and you know, you get the feeling for a little bit lighter meal, but deep dish all the way. And uh, if you can't uh, get your fill of that, you go uh, have a Portillo's hot dog or a Portillo's double cheeseburger. That's uh, that's my speed. <laughs> yeah, you're just like me, a hot dog or a hamburger. That's two of the major food groups. You know, you got to fit that in some kind of way. John Doonan, IMSA president. Thanks, partner. I met you when your first day at Mazda, and here you are running everything in sports car racing almost globally. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, cool to watch it, partner. I, I really appreciate it. Statman, in about 30 or 45 seconds before we get to your Statman scat, we're celebrating 21 years of Speed Freaks. My initial reaction is these guys haven't kept up, but meaning IMSA. Do you see that IMSA and the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and their series has kept up with the times or uh, are still lacking in many areas? No, I think they're, they've more than kept up with the times. I'm a sports car fan, but if you watch the race today, the delayed broadcast, 
six-hour race at Watkins Glen was decided with less than uh, two or three seconds, and the winning car uh, couldn't even make the final lap, the cool-down lap. Uh, it ran out of gas on the cool-down lap. They are... Um, they really worked the blend of uh, factory racing, balance of performance, and uh, they really have kept up. I think without question they've kept up. The racing is phenomenal. That was perfect timing. I was allowed to uh, get the technology issues taken care of during Statman's comment. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. One station, one mic. Twenty-one years ago. Yep, there you, you gotta, go. You got in a closet. Uh huh. You've got to know how to move when some of your co-hosts uh, can elaborate <laughs> coherently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and we and and we do laugh. Uh, trust me, Freak Nation. We we laugh as uh, as much as we can. The heartbreak of motor racing was on display this weekend in just two races. The obvious was at Pocono Saturday, where Kyle Larson was a couple hundred yards away from history. It would have been his fourth straight points race win. Instead, a front tire blew out and allowed teammate Alex Bowman to get the win instead. Larson coasted to ninth. Only eight drivers have ever won four NASCAR Cup races in a row. Larson would have been the ninth. The record is 10 by Richard Petty. In 1967. But heartbreak struck again Sunday in Austria, where George Russell, normally a backmarker, was running eighth, moving on to seventh in a Formula One race. His Williams team hasn't scored a point in two years. But today, Russell was forced to the pits with a power unit problem that ultimately retired him from the race. In a word, brutal. And proof that bad things can happen to people who don't always deserve it. Truly heartbreak. Peace. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Oh, yeah, we remember this one. Wish I had more time. Didn't stumble over that interview with Stat and doing the last segment. I wanted to talk more about Statman Scat in regards to Williams running in Formula One. Talk about someone that just fell off the freaking face of the earth. There's a team for you. Oh, smokes. Yeah, they've won championships. And when the old man, Frank Williams, when he got too old to really concentrate on what was going on, everything stopped. Yep. You look at the history of those guys. Him and Patrick Head, they had a, speaking of Head, they had the head of a a team that was just at least, I think, 97 was their last championship. I don't know 99. who you are anymore. You used to be a beer drinker, and now you drink wine. <laughs> you're a dad. And you're talking about Patrick Head and Frank Williams in F1. I'm just, I'm stunned. I don't know. That crash, who is this man? Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. 
Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV-TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV-TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV-TV and MAV-TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil, it works. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. It's been a long time. Long time. We shouldn't have left you, left you without a dope. Step two, 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 step two. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you, left you without a dope. Step two, step two, step two. Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, 21 years of doing this thing. Stat Man, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, the website speedfreaks.tv. You're rolling on General Tires. Well, damn it, you sure should. Go to generaltire.com. Summertime's a perfect time to grab yourself some General Tires for that, that Acura, that Honda, that big fat Ford, or that Chevy. Even a, even a big old freaking Prius, you should be rolling on General Tires. Go to generaltire.com. Driving the number 74, Riley Motorsports Leger, JSP 320. Agar Robinson grabbed himself a big win at Watkins Glen for the six hours. He joins us now here in the Freak Nation. I think the most important question is, we talked about this before we went live with you, Gar, is uh, the party situation. When you win a six-hour race, it's not a 12-hour, it's not a 24-hour, it's a six-hour race. Do you party like it's a six-hour race, or do you just party like it was a 24-hour race? I mean, you party. I mean, I, I think every I think every race deserves its its own level of party. But I mean, I think uh, we're definitely a lot less tired than the twenty four hours. So 
I mean, there's definitely there's definitely that. I mean, after you after you get done with the twenty within twenty four hours, you you kind of want to get a beer, get some pizza, and go to bed. But I think I think all uh, all of us right now we're all we're all gearing enough to go out to uh, probably go out to Seneca Lodge and go go have one or two, Man. one or two out there. But uh, yeah, that, that's we still got some energy after that one. But <laughs> Gar yeah. Robinson joining us here in the Freak Nation won the race in the LMP3. Uh, Lucas Oil Studios, and, and talk a little bit about this race. It's it, it doesn't have the prestige of a, a, a twenty four hours of Le Mans or a Daytona twenty four. Crasher, don't look at me like that. It doesn't. I listen. I'm saying it's it does. Six hours at the Glen's been. A, it's a historic race. Well, so's a telephone pole. It's been around for eighty years. But here's my point. But, yeah, I, I would I would have to disagree with that one. I mean, I think I think it holds. I mean, I think every all the all the bigger endurance races in, in this, uh, in the IMSA series and stuff really do hold a candle to, to each other. I think they all just have a different flavor of what they, what they give, uh, for the, for the fans and for the competitors. But, uh, I mean, I, I, it all has the same intensity. Like when you, when you get, like when you get to the last, I mean, the last six hours of the 24 hours is the last six hours that you is really kind of the six hours that you want to watch. Cause that's where you have, that's where you have all your, your determining factors in your, in your race. But, uh, I mean, this is kind of why, I mean, it, it kind of gives you the six hours of Glenn kind of gives you the, uh, the feel it kind of has a, uh, a sprint race sort of feel to it, to me, uh, with, with one other, with one other buddy to, to, to help get a, get the, get the race finished. But, uh, I mean, I, I, this was, this was definitely one of the, one of the, uh, one of the, the bucket list items on the, on the year for us to get for me, I've, I've, I've won it almost uh, pretty close to all of the, uh, the pro race tracks in America or pretty close to, or pretty close, but this one has always been just that far from us. So it's, it's, it's been really nice to get this one off of our back or off my back for sure. See Kenny. My point was this <laughs> gar and crash and everybody throwing darts at me. My point was this, and you touched on it, that it feels like a sprint long distance race. Does that take away? You already answered this question, so you don't need to answer it. Does it take away from the prestige of a 24 hour race? But according to Gar, it doesn't. It's just, it's just another, uh, another sidestep or a level of long distance running. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's its own, it's its own thing. It's not a sprint race. And, it's not quite a sprint race and it's not quite an endurance race. I mean, it is an endurance race. We're all still pretty tired after all this, but the intensity I think for the Glen is the intensity for the time is more at the Glen than it is at the 24 hour. Cause the 24 hour, especially in the, the P the P3 cars, cause it was the first, the first 24 hour race that these cars did. Our, our, our mentality was, Okay, let's get through the first twenty hours, and then we'll see where we are at the last four, and then we'll go from there. But uh, with the six hours, we kind of get we kind of have a feel for how the car car reacts to the to these longer races and stuff. And uh, we really we really felt that we could push it through through the entire six hours. And I think uh, I mean I was talking to Bill at the, uh, Bill Riley at the end of the at the end of the race, and he's like, I was uh, I mean he was. So he was mentally, or all of us were just drained at the end of this race. Hmm. But uh, not not just phys- not physically, but more mentally. I mean, 
just because you have to push so hard for so long. So, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's just a totally different animal. And plus the, plus, uh, I mean, the track is, I think Watson Glen is, is more physically demanding than, I mean, Sebring is a very physically demanding track, but that's just because it feels like you're in a, a, a box being shaken around the whole time. <laughs> but Watson Glen, you're, you're pretty, I mean, you're pretty much constantly under G load. So your, 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 your body's working all the time. Gar Robinson joining us here in the Freak Nation on a Sunday night, winner of six hours at the Glen. Talk about how you get prepared for a race such as this. Like you said, it's so physically demanding. You know, you wake up on a Sunday morning and you think, I've got a six-hour race today, and it's one that's just going to completely crush my body or also crush my mind. So how do you get ready for that? I'm in the gym five days a week at home. Uh, I've had to change up what I'm doing for because uh, I was in the GT3 car or GTD car last year, and now that now that I'm in the P3 car, I had to change up sort of the way that I'm that I'm training because the uh, the GTD car you're kind of fighting the whole time to get the car to work, but the the, the LMP3 car works already. So your focus on, is on just being smooth and being able to being able to hold it, hold yourself up and hold the wheel and, and stuff for a lot longer and be a lot smoother. So it's, it's gone. I mean, there's still cardio stuff involved with me, but I do a lot more weight training and stuff. And that helps me be very smooth with what I've, with how these cars need to react or how these cars go. A combination of, uh, working out at the gym and then, uh, surfing on, on the, the wake uh, on the surf boat at home. That's kind of what, what I've been going with. And okay, wait. I thought I had heard everything for race car drivers and their training. What is this for your ankle? It's an actual surfboard that you have at home that you practice on? I live on Lake Travis in Texas. And so we have a, I have a, a wakeboard boat that I go out on every uh, once or twice a week. Or all, pretty much every weekend when it's hot, like right now. But uh, <laughs> it, I've been taking up wake surfing a lot. It's worked out for me for this because all the cars that I've driven in the past, like, when you when I go to brake and throttle, I typically would use my entire leg, uh, but these cars are a lot more fine, so you need to use your ankle a lot more. So that's really helped me in my ankle strength and just uh, precision with how throttle and brake has really helped me out a lot. Gar Robinson, six hours at the Glen winner today. Gar, the LMP3 class. People are still trying to get their heads wrapped around that class. It's new. You're a winner. Are people accepting it? I've been on both sides of, of racing where you have balance of performance and and uh, not not balance of performance. Uh, and for me, like I I kind of cut my teeth in Trans Am, and uh, when I was running with uh, Robinson Racing back then, uh, it was it was who has, who has the full. I mean it made it to where you had to you had to t- take the whole team and the whole team was a was a team everyone had a, everyone had their job and everyone had to do their job correctly to win the win races and win the championship uh from what i under from what i got out of some of the bop racing and stuff not that i'm not knocking it or anything like that i think i think it has i think it has its own it's its own challenge and it's its own it's its own animal and it's it's great for it's nice to be able. It's nice to be able to come into a race uh, for anybody 
or for anybody to come into a race and know that if they do their work, if they do that, their if they do their prep work and their testing and everything like that that they should, and uh, they they can come in, come out here and win a race. And I'm I'm very thankful that that IMSA IMSA brought this uh, this class into the WeatherTech series. So it's so much fun. I mean these these cars are an absolute blast. They're very cost effective, and it's really awesome to see some of the talent from from IndyCar and stuff come out here too because it it kind of has some of the same mentality, uh, the same kind of team mentality and that is required for these but uh i'm i'm just excited to see this this class grow i think uh i think it's right now it's kind of a hidden gem so far and with teams like andretti and core and and us coming in i think uh i think it's gonna it's gonna get a lot of attention and i think it i think it could uh could really grow in the future Gar Robinson is the LMP3 class winner, six hours at the Glen. You talk about your two Trans Am 2 championships. Does Trans Am translate into IMSA's LMP3 class? I think it really does. I mean, I, the, the the more than more, the whenever I whenever I first got my my whenever I first got uh, got to sit and turn a wheel on a in an LMP3 car, I, I I went to myself. I'm like, man, I really should have gone to I really should have gone from Trans Am to talent p3 but i think i think uh i'm not i'm not knocking anything that i did before I, 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 there's there's never a lap that, there's never a lap that you turn and you can't learn something so i'm very very thankful for, for all the stuff that i've learned in the past from from other classes and stuff like that but i think i think that uh because i think it's a great place for for someone to go from from someone to go to, from trans am to lmp3 would be would be something that uh is very very doable because uh, the LMP3 car has no, uh, both the Trans Am car and the LMP3 car. They don't have, uh, a lot of the, the, the gadgets and stuff that a lot of the GT cars and stuff do. So that, that would be very relatable. They're both fairly raw race cars. So that's, that's something that I love. And, uh, I think, uh, I think it would be a very, it, it'd be a very good fit for, for some TA2 guys and TA1 guys to come on over here. And the budgets are, the budgets are pretty, I think the budgets for, for, for WeatherTech are very reasonable for to run this, this class, and I think it'll just make it very, uh, very exciting to watch in the future. Gar, congratulations on that win, man! Hopefully, you will uh, be able to see another day after this big yeah. party tonight. <laughs> I, th- I think we will. I think we'll be all right. I think I think we'll be just fine. So, mm-hmm. but we're excited about. We're excited, and we're gonna go do some celebrating and uh, probably go get some sleep too. I think all of us could probably use use an hour or two i think so Boom. just uh, an hour or two all right bud hey man thanks, <laughs> thanks for taking time out and joining us in the freak nation buddy no problem thanks guys Not much motorsports. Not much motorsports. Not much motorsports. Not, not, not. Well, not only that. Much, much, much. In headlining the party. Douchebags. Not much motorsports. Freaks. Not much motorsports. You know, I'd love me some Gar Robinson, but he was talking like he was in a six-hour race there. Like, bro, we got 15 minutes, man. Settle down at six hours. I wouldn't stumble over a cord and cause the show to go haywire 30 minutes ago. Maybe he could talk a little more. 
He was he was being chased by that Mazda at the end of the thing, and he's got to clear his mind seeing that car loom in his rearview mirrors. <laughs> no, that's that's my bad about that series. Is you know I was try I was chasing it down today on on Hulu, and then I finally went to the IMSA website and thought, oh okay, the Peacock app. Screw that! I got a seven year old. I got to take her to the Crayola town. That is what you did. That's what I did. Another one of those $5 a month things. People are complaining about their cable TV bills, and they're breaking it down to 15 different places that send $5 a month. Speaking of Henley, our seven-year-old crasher, you've got a story for Not Much Motorsports, right? Oh, boy. So this story came across our emails. Thank you, Triple F. And it's supposed to be a funny story or a shocking story. And then I started reading through it and I'm like, oh, this story is actually about us, kind of. So there's a woman, gosh, I believe she was in Australia. And she posted up on Facebook because her five-year-old came out of school and was over the moon that she finally has wobbly teeth. Two of them, in fact. So she put on Facebook, what's the going rate these days for the tooth fairy? Got a ton of responses. And apparently some people got really mad at some of the responses that said in the vicinity of $20 or $30 for a tooth. So they politicized the tooth fairy now? They politicized (laughs) shots? They politicized everything. Now the tooth fairies, red and blue. Wow. So, yeah. Okay, without me, okay. How much do you think is too much for a tooth from the Tooth Fairy, Statman? $20 is completely out of control. You don't give $20 for a tooth. Uh, I don't know. $5 is tops. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't even respond. Why? Uh, what did we give Henley for her first tooth? Uh, we did, gave her... $20 for her first tooth. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. We did not give her 20 bucks. Yes, we did. What for the hell? For her first tooth. Was that during COVID? Yes. I was drunk. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> yes, I was her. drunk. For the second tooth, we only gave $2. Well, you went from 20 to two? Jesus, inflation. <laughs> she'll, call, she'll call her attorney and take you guys to court. Come on. The hell's going on? We got a break yet? We got to get the hell out of here. No. <laughs> you don't want to be outed for giving $20 for the first two. You're, you were drunk. What are you talking about? 20 bucks <laughs> Listen, two? She was all upset that she was the last of her friends to lose teeth. And she was. She was literally the last one to start losing teeth. And this was last December. And so we thought, let's make it a we big deal. We got 10 seconds. $20. Yeah. Made it a big deal. There you go. That's what happens in 21 we'll years of speed Make her more breaks. fake grass when she loses her next teeth. <laughs> Shoot the juice to the moose, the stat man. Cut it loose, teeth and all. 21 years, baby. Happy Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.